Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to the Five Spot. I'm your host, Donovan McNabb, joined with Armando Segarra. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to dive into. Young quarterbacks are starting to make their name in this league. Uh, Will Levis, a, a guy who uh, people watched in the draft, had a lot of comments about if he was worthy of being drafted early, uh, end up dropping out of the first round uh, and getting drafted by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what's going on in Pittsburgh with their offenses being non-existent with a lot of weapons on the outside. Obviously, the running back situation has been one that's been impressive. Their offensive line, to me, is still a shambles, but more important, the conversation is about their offensive coordinator. But let's dive into it, Armando, of everything that we've seen yesterday. Was it more impressive for you for Tennessee, or did it still have questions for you about Pittsburgh? Well, Donovan, anytime uh, we have the word shambles in, <laughs> in the opening of our show, you know that something's not that impressive because it's shambles. I love that word, shambles. Uh, and so, uh, and you could apply it, by the way, to either one of those two teams. Dude, um, can we start with Will Levis? I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, I like him. I, I can't dislike him right now, and I right. can tell you why, but I really, you know, being – the nerd of the show, I'm more interested in knowing what the uh, former NFL star quarterback thinks of the current rookie quarterback. Well, when I watched Will Levitt, you know, everyone was enamored by his arm strength, first and foremost, and he can make every throw. He was more of a guy that people questioned if he cared more about the look of his body than uh, the production on the field. Uh, and, and hey, listen, I, I would never come down on a guy, especially who focuses on, um, you know, his body fat or uh, the way his body may look or feel. Uh, I work out five seven to six days a week, so I know where that's coming from. But when I watch him, uh, the thing that I watched a little bit more uh, over the last couple of seasons in Kentucky was more of his footwork. Now, he's a guy that, um, you know, he'll make some off-balance throws, some, some sidearm throws. He'll, he'll flick the ball 30 yards downfield, and, and sometimes it may get you in trouble. And I think a lot of these young guys watch Patrick Mahomes, and that's kind of how their trainers attack uh, their training sessions. And you start to see it in games. And in, the, in this game, it almost really got him in trouble. And at the end of the game, uh, it got him in trouble because he didn't obviously see uh, the safety rush sitting in the middle of the field, which the last play was picked off by Alexander. Uh, when you just can't throw it down the middle of the field when they're having that three-cloud look um, at the safety position. But I was impressed by his second performance uh, and what he was able to do in that offense, Amanda. Yeah, so I was impressed too, and this is the reason, because everything was so sucky. And, <laughs> you know, it's easy to play quarterback, I think, 
when you have a clean pocket and everybody's open and you've got a running game going. And then, yeah, uh, most guys that are in the NFL, they succeed in those situations uh, because everything's going well around you. But it's when things are going poorly around you that I really judge a quarterback by. And he, to me, everything was going crappy around him. The offensive line, I mean, every five minutes you had a guy coming in and out because they were hurt. Uh, And the guys that were hurt were backups anyway. And then that offense only has one real, you know, dynamic kind of receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, everybody else is kind of, you know, meh. Uh, And and then, you know, the running game wasn't going because that's what everybody tries to stop with the Tennessee Titans. So it was up to the rookie, Will Levis. Oh, I forgot. Also, the play calling was junk. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was like uh, 3.56 left. And they got the ball four points down or something like that. And their first play was a reverse. Their second play was a run. Their third play was a run not to Derrick Henry. And then on fourth down, they basically said, hey, rookie, uh, go save us. It's fourth down. The game is on the line. Could you do something for us? That was terrible, terrible play calling. So was he bad? He threw the interception, I grant you. Dude, that's the last play of the game. He's trying to make something happen. In my my book, uh, uh, you know, not great, but you're trying to he's make young. something happen, right? Yeah, he's young. He's young. And, and you know, there's no way to come down on Will Levis being in his second start. Um, and what we've seen from his first start to now, I have to say that I was impressed by his poise. I was impressed by his pocket presence. Uh, I was also impressed because, yes, they put that on his shoulders uh, when they stopped running the football with Derrick Henry, and he was effective throwing the football. Um, You know, obviously that last play is what everyone will remember, but I look at it in the sense of correctable mistakes, Uh, and that's something that I've seen so far uh, with this offense. But on the flip side, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I expected so much from Kenny Pickett. Uh, coming out of the preseason, he was on fire in the preseason. And, and when you look at his weapons, uh, and listen, people can people can talk about all oh, well, they're young, or you know, we we can put it off on well, the running back situation is it's not where you thought it would be. But to me, I I looked at it in the sense of they have more of a complementary piece at running back because both of those running backs can do two or three different things that to me are exceptional. Their wide receiver position, you got guys getting open, but Kenny Pickett is just, he's inaccurate. And it goes back to me, and I know a lot of people won't go this far, but when it gets cold, and but they've been playing bad all, all season. But when it gets cold, remember, Kenny Pickett has small hands, and he has, he, he plays with a glove. Uh, and the only person that I've known that played with a glove was Kurt Warner. And so, you know, you've seen a lot of balls starting to fly. You've seen a lot of balls starting to, kind of get high and wide or, or whatever it may be with wide receivers getting open. So now the onus goes on the offensive coordinator, which of Can- I think is Canada, uh, and they're asking for his head. They're asking for him to be fired. 
Um, Byron Leftwich is a name to bring in. But even with that said, it's so funny. With Pittsburgh and, and good friend of mine, Mike Tomlin, they're still winning. They're still winning. They have a winning record, which he's always had a winning record as a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. So uh, I just think in my eyes that these are things that should be corrected. And it's really going to start to move to Kenny Pickett. Um, but who are you going to go to, Mr. Trubisky? Yeah, no, you're not going to go to Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> ah, no, never go. Here, Here's an idea. Never go to Mitch Trubisky unless, of course, you got nobody else. And then I might right. still go with Najee, <laughs> Najee at quarterback ahead of Mitch Trubisky. Um, kidding. They, <laughs> they, they have been blaming in Pittsburgh Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator for right. the anemic offense. Last night, this game. It was not Matt Canada. There were multiple times where the scheme got receivers open on third down, and then the execution was bad. Right. I saw a couple of drops. I saw Pickens basically catch a touchdown pass, except for the fact that he didn't drag his back foot, which every 99 out of 100 NFL receivers dragged that back foot, and he somehow decided, I don't need to. So no touchdown. Um, and then, like you said, Pickett was inaccurate. Multiple times, receivers open. Not the scheme's fault, not the play caller's fault on the execution of the quarterback or the receiver or something other than the call. So, yeah, they got offensive issues in Pittsburgh. Um, it's interesting that you say it doesn't get better. So it's harder in the cold weather with little baby hands. Is that what you're saying? I did not say that Kenny Pickett has Burger King hands, uh, <laughs> you know, from that little commercial with, with a little, little guy with the hands. When the, not, when the Whopper the, is like this, and your hands look like this? <laughs> I did not say that, but. Uh, I just remember the measurables uh, at the combine when people had talked about uh, his hands. And and I don't know if it was like a nine and a half or, or so when most quarterbacks are, are at the 10, 10 and a half, 11, um, you know, for the bigger hands like myself. But I, what I were just, your hand size? Uh, I believe mine was at 11, 11, 11 and a half, somewhere in there. Um, you know, I can palm, I can palm a basketball, you know, I just. You know, it's just I just remember that conversation. And then when I watched this game with the balls kind of flying, they were sailing high, sailing wide. And I see them with the gloves on. Um, and so, you know, obviously things have to change the way things have been going with this offense. But this defense to me is I mean, it's, you have a rookie corner that they were going after with DeAndre Hopkins. I understand that um, a young rookie that they drafted out of out of Penn State. Uh, I, I played with his dad. I mean, he's 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 gonna be a he's playing with us. He's playing with a good team, but he's gonna be a good player. But I'm just I'm looking more at the offense. And is it something they can change, or do you think that this is gonna be something going forward that they're gonna have to make a decision, uh, maybe at the quarterback position? Well, years ago, that everybody said you can't you can't teach accuracy and you can't improve it. I I think. We've seen multiple quarterbacks improve their accuracy. Right. 
Yes. Uh, but to go from improving to elite is a big. Is that's a, a big jump. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, I mean, Kenny Pickett, we kind of forget this is his second year and right. you really probably shouldn't make definitive statements uh, <laughs> about a quarterback without at least 20 games under his belt. And he doesn't have that yet. So can it change? I, I guess it can change. Maybe they could get him an actual running game. That would help. But is he going to be the guy or has he been the guy that could put the, the entire offense on his shoulders and carry it? No, but neither is Mitch Trubisky. Just want to get that out there. I'm not going to dive back on uh, into the Mitch Trubisky uh, train. I just think for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's correctable and I think they could change it. Uh, they can come up with some screenplays because they do have two dynamic running backs that can uh, turn a, a five-yard route into a 25, 30-yard gain or possibly touchdown, but I'm expected to see that. But let's let's go out to uh, the West Coast uh, where the Las Vegas Raiders have made some changes. They've chopped some people on the block, um, more heads than, than, uh, than one. Uh, they've made a big decision, which I like the intent, Antonio Pierce uh, move of bringing him up into the head coach position. It, it changes the dynamic, changes the energy, uh, it also changes the mentality of the, a lot of these players that are on that football team from uh, an aggressive standpoint and more of a let's do this now standpoint. I don't know if the decision of sitting Garoppolo right now, because I would like to see Garoppolo under Antonio Pierce and under the new no tutelage of uh, their offensive coordinator who's now moved from, I believe, the quarterback coach position. So I would love to see that instead of going to uh, the young quarterback. But when you look at the decision that was made, Armando, um, obviously we both talked about over the last few episodes of something had to change. Do you think that they should have not only fired Josh McDaniels, but then you fired the GM right, right then too? Yeah, I got to give it to Mark Davis because so – Josh McDaniels had a six-year contract when he signed with that team. Right. Uh, he did. He he came in and he decided, uh, you know, I'm going to come, but I'm going to insulate myself uh, from being fired after only two years. And and guess what? Right. It, it didn't work. <laughs> so Mark Davis is on the hook for like he was making close to ten million dollars a year. So Mark Davis is on the hook for like forty million dollars with with Josh McDaniels. And I know that doesn't matter much to the uh, greater audience and the fan base because it's not their money and it doesn't affect the salary cap, but it tells you how intent on making that move uh, Mark Davis, the owner, was that he doesn't care that he's burning up $40 million. Having said that, I watched that Antonio Pierce press conference yeah. And dang, man, that dude's imp impressive. Uh, he is the anti-Josh McDaniel in that he moves you. Josh McDaniels is this this like analytical. Rain you know, man. Rain right. Man. Yes. And this guy is like a man. And he, 
you know, Antonio Pierce, he talks to you and you understand what the hell he's saying. Whereas Josh McDaniel talks to you and it's like, you got to go back to your calculator to figure it out yeah. what he just said. Um, I, right. I mean, you played for a long time against Antonio Pierce, right? Right. Uh, you saw what that guy's about. Well, the thing is, it's a linebacker mentality and and a uh, an understanding approach, preparation. Uh, and whenever you play the middle linebacker position, I respect you because you see the game just like a quarterback. You understand um dynamics you understand formations you understand what they're trying to do in situations uh and i think that's a little bit of what was missing in the play calling offensively because when i watch offensively and, and I've, I've questioned this before how do you have the league's leading rusher last year and then this year you come back and you can't even run the ball like he's he's trying to force himself through the a and b gap of small windows when you look at last year not that the hole was that big, but he was picking and choosing and exploding through. And so that opened up your play action game. Now it's almost like 707 where you run the ball a two-yard game, you run the ball a three-yard game. We know you're throwing the football, so let's just drop back in our zone. And so I just think going forward, I would like to see, one, the decision-making of, I believe it's O'Connell that's starting now, um, young quarterback, but I liked him in the preseason. Now, it was preseason, and he had one start this year when Garoppolo was out. Uh, I liked his poise, just like we've seen Will Levis. I liked his poise in the pocket, uh, delivered accurately. Uh, it seemed like Devontae Adams had a different type of energy when he was in there because everyone loves the backup until the backup's in there for about four or five games. Uh, but I just think for the Las Vegas Raiders, they have a chance to turn this thing around. And as they turn this thing around, and I'm not saying they're going to win 12 games or or 11 games, but if they can win, if they can come out of this thing with eight or nine wins, I think this helps Antonio Pierce. And then it also helps going forward uh, with former players that are on coaching staff, them being comfortable with making that decision to bring them into that head coaching spot. So let, 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 let me tell you what's about to happen. That team now, their team meeting went great. Everybody's fired up. Devontae Adams said that he's ready to run through a wall. And that's exactly what you're going to see with that team this week. And it might be what you see from that team next week. But, because you got that lift right. and that initial lift. But you can't live off of that lift. Right. What I've seen with interim coaches is they provide a lift. But then eventually you gotta be on your on your stuff. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally, execution, discipline, uh, scheme, and and all of that stuff and teaching. Right. And that generally, you know, Dies declines down. a little bit. So what I guess we're gonna see is we're gonna see a very fired up team here uh the first couple of weeks. And then I believe they'll probably come back down to earth. Uh, let me say this about uh, their new general manager, Champ Kelly. Four years ago or three years ago, the New York Jets interviewed four general manager candidates. They interviewed Terry Fontenot. They interviewed Scott Fitterer, Joe Douglas, and Champ Kelly. Three of those four guys were general managers in the NFL, um, you know, 
four days ago. And now four out of four are general managers in the NFL. Champ Kelly knows what he's doing. They're in good hands personnel-wise. That guy's going to be a star, uh, if not with the Raiders as their general manager, eventually with someone. Just wanted to put that out there because he is legit. Well, it's going to be interesting, you know, obviously when you have decision makers uh, with experience because, you know, we we see so many times of guys who have been in organizations who are assistant GMs falling behind someone who's been successful and they get the main job and it's they want to make a splash early instead of going to get the little pieces that people will look at and say, I don't understand why they signed that guy, where it's, it's bringing pieces, pieces in for specific roles to set up the splash gap. And for the Raiders, when I look at this football team, number one, uh, it all starts with the quarterback. And people can talk about, you know, Derek Carr and the decision that they made. I still don't think Derek Carr was their future because they were making too many decisions and too many coaches coming in and it wasn't their guy, so to speak. Uh, so that all happens with getting a a guy that's been in the league probably for about eight to nine years or maybe seven to eight years uh, that you can work with, but also going into the draft. Then you have to have dynamic pieces like they bring in uh, Devontae Adams. You have a star receiver. Josh Jacobs is some, you, someone you've got to make a decision on um, you know, going forward. Offensive line and D-line are where you go into free agency and the draft. You have to be able to drive those pieces because they are the staple of both sides of the ball. And then get you a middle linebacker. And so I just think it's not a rebuilding year for the Raiders. They have pieces, but it has, they have to answer the bell at the quarterback position. If it's the young kid, then that's great. He can hold it down for maybe this season. And maybe next season, but they have to go into the draft and get a guy that that brings a little bit of something, not more Lamar Jackson type of ability, but I would say more of maybe like a Trevor Lawrence. That sound, fundamentally sound, throw out Ackery, has the ability to get outside the pocket, but some dynamic ability like that. So you're Josh McDaniels. Congratulations. I just gave you $40 million. Over the next four years, what do you do? Because uh, you're not going to. What's that? He'll be back. He'll be back as an offensive coordinator. He'll he'll go back as an offensive consultant somewhere, and will eventually, in about two years, become offensive coordinator somewhere. Um, (laughs) I I bet you he's going to go into the Alabama. Uh, you know, <laughs> everybody, everybody has to get the validation by the Godfather. <laughs> what do they, what do they call it when the FBI changes your identity and and like hides you somewhere? He's he's going into that Alabama hide your identity and and remake you as a different human being program at Alabama. Uh, uh, so that's gonna happen. Witness protection. You're going to witness Witness protection. protection. Yes. He's going to go into the coach protection program at Alabama. Um, Yeah. So remember we talked about him and why he was so good at New England, Tom Brady, and why 
Uh, he won three Super Bowl rings as the New England offensive coordinator, Tom Brady. And why go. he got hired a couple of times as a head coach, Tom Brady. That's gone now, bro. <laughs> Tom Brady's not there anymore. Er, You're on your own. Who was part of who was part owner with, with of the Raiders? Say it, say it again. Tom Brady. <laughs> he tried to help him. He tried to help him. But I, I'll say this. Just to kind of wrap it up, though, I, I, I will say this. Um, sometimes you have to make decisions because it's thrown in front of you. Um, and I think I would say it was a drastic emotional decision by, uh, Mar by Mark Davis. But he did just win a championship with the Aces, which he brought in Becky Hammett. So um, after that high of being in championship, uh, hooray, with your favorite league, the WNBA, which – I tried. I'm still trying to work on getting you entertained and, and your knowledge of the players in the WNBA up. But I, I just think for going forward for the Raiders, keep an eye on keep an eye on the third and fourth week of how they play. Because you mentioned it, you'll be on that high for the first two weeks, and that third week it starts to settle in of what direction you want to go in. Uh, so I'll be interested to see by week four. Uh, week five, how this team is playing. And if they're playing at that level where they're highly competitive, it could be something to watch all throughout the season. But uh, let's let's move on to free agency. Well, I wouldn't say free agency. The trades that happen during midseason. Uh, it seems like the commanders had a full flea market, um, you know, swap-a-rama, uh, ask what you ask and you can receive. Uh defensive players of moving Chase Young and Vate Sweat. When I look at that, uh, of losing your best, two of your best defensive players, uh, one go to San Francisco, which he follows his, his former teammate, which I'm still trying to figure out how they allowed that to happen. Uh, and then <laughs> Sweat goes to Chicago, which he's like, yeah, I'm just going to hold off on, on the contract situation. And then you continue to move all throughout the league of these decisions that were made. Which which one or two moves that were made, and then we'll go into the ones that weren't made, kind of stick in your mind. So I I I like the sweat trade for the Bears, uh, and I like it uh, enough that I I can understand the criticism of it. I was watching yesterday. Or Mike Lombardi was on another uh, show, and right. he was ripping that trade for the Bears. He was like, you paid too much. A second-round pick for a rental is not worth it. And I get it. Montez Sweat looks like a rental right now because he's not signed for 20, you know, beyond this year. And I get it. Um, you know, he is not, say, like this super-duper double-digit every year sack guy. Not I get yet. that. Not yet. Right. Not yet. But in the same conversation, Lombardi is saying every year in, in the draft, every team has maybe 14 to 18 guys that they yeah. think are first round picks. Starters. And he said Montez Sweat is a first round pick next year. So in the same conversation, he says the Bears gave up too much by giving up a, a second, second round pick, second. a second round pick for Montez Sweat, 
And he's also saying that Montez Sweat is actually a first round pick in next year's draft. So that that makes it look better for the Bears, in my estimation. And this also makes it look better. Look, Montez Sweat may do whatever Montez Sweat wants to do. But the Bears got $100 million in cap space next year, and they can do whatever they want to do. And at the end of the day, my least favorite phrase of all time, at the end of the day, if they want to sign Montez Sweat and keep him, they will be able to outbid everybody. Everybody. They're not paying their quarterback, and they got more money disposable than anybody. So, you know, let's see how that works out. But I don't hate this trade for the Bears. I don't. I don't hate this this trade for the Bears because it at least shows um, that they're trying to advance in different areas. Now we know about the trade, obviously, with DJ Moore and the, the picks that they received and, and gave up for him, and and knowing that if they continue to have the season they're having, they'll have the number one and number two picks supposedly, and so people are talking. Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams. Now, if that happens and you look at now the sweat trade, that kind of works out in, in Chicago's favor because it takes me back when uh, Khalil Mack, remember they made the trade for Khalil Mack in Chicago and then all of a sudden that defense started playing the way they were playing. And then if that happens where sweat is that piece to elevate this defense and add more pieces to it, and they do have the number one or two pick or even both, now you have offensive offensive weapons that you're bringing in with DJ Moore, and then they can shore up that offensive line and D-line through free agency and also through the draft, like mid, mid-draft mid or like late in the draft. I think Chicago has a chance, especially in the division where, you know, you've seen what Minnesota was, and now Kirk Cousins is out. Jordan Love, is he's on the struggle bus right now. Um uh, you know, but also what people need to take into account with Green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers struggled in his first year as well as a starter. You know, so, I mean, I, I would kind of sit back and be patient a little bit in Green Bay. And then Detroit, I mean, listen, I love what Campbell's been doing over there. And, and Campbell, to me, could possibly get coach of the year this year. And he's in that running, I believe, because of what he's done in Detroit. But Chicago has a chance to elevate if this all kind of happens by with the sweat trade and then obviously the draft of next year. But let's talk about the, the things that didn't happen, Armando. Now, I talked about Derrick Henry, and I thought that they should have found a way to get more picks in Tennessee. Obviously, he's a dynamic running back. There was trades on the table, blockbuster trades on the table to give up for Derrick Henry, but Tennessee said no. Do you think this is going to hurt Dallas going forward in their run game? Um, uh, Dallas asked Jerry Jones, and he'll go, come on, man. Nothing hurts Dallas. We just won the <laughs> World Series. <laughs> We're good. He wasn't and the owner. He wasn't the owner of that. He'll take credit. <laughs> he'll also take credit for, you know, the garbage pickup on time in Dallas. He'll take credit <laughs> Uh, so, uh, look, Derrick Henry, I don't think the Titans wanted to trade him and obviously didn't because of what he means 
right now to the organization. They, they, and in, in regard to, we talked about Will Levis. I think that if Will Levis had been a bomb that first game out last week against the Falcons, Derrick Henry might have more likely gone somewhere because they would have said, we got no shot. This guy is a developmental guy to the max. We got no shot. But the kid comes out and throws four touchdown passes in his first game, in his first start, and you're going, we're only a game under 500. Let's go. And you don't let's go if you're let's if Darius Henry is let's gone. So I I think that's the reason that he stuck around. Plus, you know, that locker room, they they absorbed a, a big blow with, you know, the the farm system to Philadelphia, just sending them talent, sending them talent with Kevin Byard, the the latest one. It it, it would hurt to lose Derrick Henry in that locker room. But I think I think Compton, their linebacker, was traded also to Philadelphia, I believe, too. Um, I think he might have been in that trade. But then I, I agree with you with the Derrick Henry deal. Now, I talked about that they should have made the move and got some picks. But in that game that you talked about against Atlanta, Derrick Henry had over 100 yards rushing. And so it's kind of hard to let a guy go after he just – you just put up over 400 yards of total offense with a young quarterback and your running back has over 100 yards rushing. Uh, but I just, I look also in the sense, remember Ezekiel Elliott was in that conversation. If if, if uh, New England would, would trade him back to Dallas, um, I, I look at some of these, these teams like Minnesota made a trade, which I still can't to this, this day understand why Arizona traded Dodds. I mean, are you expecting Kyler Murray to come back healthy? Like, are you saying that we can now kind of, you know, see what we can get for Dodds because he's shown he can play. He'll be a starter in Minnesota. And we'll just kind of tank for at least the next four or five weeks until Kyler Murray can come out. And we'll see what he can do before we decide to trade him. I I just, I'm really trying to figure out what's going on in Arizona because they're, they're super competitive with Dodds. But now you just traded him away to try to open up space, was it, for Kyler Murray in your eyes? I think Kyler Murray, you know, plays this week or next week. Uh, He's ready. It's time. And they need to see him so that they can make decisions in the offseason. And honestly, my friend, I'm tired of seeing – you know, triple A quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm, 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 I'm tired of it. Uh, if, if Kyler Murray doesn't start this week, they go with Clayton Toon. <laughs> the guy, the guy sounds like a, ba- uh, you know, like a band, like a singer, Clayton Toon. Um, so I, I, you know, uh, in another game, you mentioned Minnesota. We got Jaron Hall against Taylor Heineke. Uh, in another game, you know, we might get PJ Williams again for the for the Browns. In another game, we're gonna get Brett Rippin for the Rams. Rippin, because and not Mark Rippin, Brett Rippin. Uh, I mean, in another game, we're gonna for the Bears. Who's gonna start for the Bears this week? DM Baggett. Hey, so what's his name? Tyler Tyler Baggett. He's hey. Hey, he may start, and and I was impressed. 
by what I seen the first game. The second game, kind of reality hit a little bit. I thought in that Rams game, he did okay. Uh, but, you know, I think he's deserving of a third chance. Nah. <laughs> nah. 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 But nah. Uh, and, and by the way, let's do this here. Come on. Work with me here. The guy's name is uh, Bajent. Bajent? Let's sing I like, it. I like Baggett. <laughs> I like, I mean, I like well, Baggett. I, I mean, it's, that it's doesn't not fit the song. It. It's not the way you say it, but I like Baggett. Yeah. Baggett. Secret, Baggett, man. Secret, Baggett, man. Come on. Okay. Sorry. I will not take any ownership to the dancing that you're seeing from Armando. <laughs> I feel like that guy on, um, uh, on the Will Smith Beverly Hills. Oh, Carlton. Song. Yeah. Carlton, hey. He's doing that. <laughs> uh, which is not me, by the way. I'm more like, yeah. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, watch out now. Oh, hey, well, let's go ahead and close this show down before we start really losing it. Hey, join <laughs> us back here at the five spot next Tuesday. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what happens this weekend. Obviously, the new coaches stepping in uh, in Las Vegas of, of how Antonio Pierce changes things there, uh, what quarterbacks are on the rise and what quarterbacks are falling. So join us here at the five spot for more.